Welcome to the Azure Podcast, a series of short discussions on various topics related to the Microsoft Cloud Platform. Your hosts, Kale Tita, Evan Vasilik, and Sajit Mello, discuss a specific topic on each show to give you a high-level overview of that topic and resources to get more information should you wish to dig further. For more information on our show, please see our website at azpodcast.com. Well, welcome back to the Azure Podcast. This is episode number 22, and it's a special build episode. We're going to uh, give you some exciting updates from build. But first of all, let's get the introductions out of the way. Uh, as you guys know, my name is Sajid Demello. I am a consultant with MCS. I focus on the app dev space. And with me on Skype, I have uh, my esteemed colleague, Kale Tita, with me. Kale? Hi, Sajid. Uh, my name is Kale Teeter. I'm an MCS consultant in the New York, New Jersey region as well, uh, focused on application development and, and Windows Azure. Great to have you back, Kale. Um, so just to, Kale, you know what I thought? I'll just give our listeners uh, some background on Bill for those of them that don't know what this is. Uh, but, uh, well, this all started off... Uh, Many, many years ago, it used to be called the Professional Developers Conference, or PDC for short. It's essentially a developer conference that Microsoft uh, hosts uh, once a year. And uh, it's the premier development conference. All the, uh, you know, the level 200 and level 300 sessions are generally uh, conducted over there together with, of course, the keynotes, and they normally reveal a lot of information at these events. Uh, over time, uh, th- this has uh, now been folded into one event called Build. There used to be a couple of different events. We, I think we had uh, uh, an event for user experience, and uh, then there was PDC, and now they've combined it all into the Build uh, event. This year it was held in San Francisco, and uh, there were so, so many yeah, cool things announced in the keynotes both yesterday and today. Uh, that is uh, uh, April 2nd and 3rd, uh, for the, just to give you guys a sense of the dates here. Uh, so, uh, Kale, uh, I know it's going to be really tough, but what would you say was your favorite uh, news that you heard pertaining to Azure from the last couple of days? Yeah, I think um, the biggest thing for me, well, I have two two that are really big for me. One was something that internally we've been hearing about for a little while was was the new portal for mm-hmm. uh, Microsoft Azure. And um, so the interface has been totally revamped uh, to make it much easier to view and navigate through all these services. I mean, the stuff has exploded on Azure as far as, like, the service offering that we have there. Yes. And so... You know, the interface we had before was great, but it got to the point where it was a huge list, you know, if anybody yeah. has experience using it. And uh, and it, it still works pretty well, but um, you had to do a lot of scrolling around to get to things. And this new interface is really tailored. It really has a nice UX for automatically, um, you know, changing the view based on what you're you're looking at in the portal. So if you want to focus on your website area, when you click on that, you get all the information about your website on one page. Right. Um, there's a lot less scrolling. And I like the way that it kind of remembers where you came from so you can go back. You know, you, you don't get lost uh, while you're navigating all the information over there. It kind of stacks it up, and then you can always go back to where you were. Uh, the other thing I thought was really cool was how it gives you that dashboard view, right? 
Yep. Uh, what do they call that? DevOps. That's the new buzzword nowadays. Yep. Uh, what, what, what? I mean, what? How do you understand DevOps? Uh, uh, so I understand DevOps to be, you know, we had our traditional like developers who did coding, and we had an infrastructure team who would maintain, you know, the the servers on the back end, going mm-hmm. and provisioning these servers. And then you had this middle ground with this DevOps for people who, who knew both sides, who kind of understood, like, what it took to run these big websites. But maybe they weren't a developer, per se. Maybe they did some development, um, but that's not what they all focused on. They also understand load balancers and network infrastructure and those types of things. So that's yeah. what I understand DevOps as. Yep, that's that's sort of what I uh, took as well. So uh, it, I, I like the way that it gave you that DevOps view uh, into the portal. It, you know, you got to see the whole map of the world and how the Azure data centers were performing, and then you can drill down into your individual sites. Um, what else? What's your second pick uh, here? Yeah, and just one other last thing to close that out. Um, if anybody's interested in seeing it, uh, of course, you can search for it on the Internet, but if you just go to portal.azure.com, um, if you already have an Azure account, um, it will automatically uh, you know, walk you through uh, going into the new portal. Uh, it doesn't have all the features in it yet. It only has some, so you'll see like everything's there, but when you click on something that's not available in the new portal yet, it will direct you back to the old portal. Um, so you still have access to everything. Just wanted to point that out. And uh yeah, the other big thing that's close to my heart is uh is Cortana. Mm. Um so we made this reveal and at first, you know, it's like it's a Windows phone thing, so to explain what Cortana is, if anybody's familiar with um what Siri was on the iPhone, it's kinda like that. Um so it's a like a personal assistant uh, on your phone that uses primarily voice interface but can also, you know, you can use text to interface with um, but I think it goes above and beyond um, when we saw some of the features today, and I'm sure we haven't seen them all, or, or yesterday rather. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, yeah. I think what I liked, really liked about Cortana is that it's constantly learning about you uh, as you use it, and it gets better and better. And it's a kind of, I guess, it's supposed to be like a real personal assistant. You know, and uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm not much of a Halo uh, player. Do you play Halo? Uh, Kale? Yeah, definitely. I was, I was a huge Halo fan, and I still am. But uh, so it's you know when I hear the name, people are like, uh, "What's Cortana?" You know, I'm like Cortana, it's the AI. Like this is exactly. <laughs> it's very, it's very much like the real character in the game, where over time the Cortana character in the game also gets to know the player and uh, becomes more responsive to the player's needs and gives them the right information at the right time. And uh, uh, so yeah. a little background, yeah, a little background on that. That's maybe this is a little below the bar, but it's. Uh, I thought it was funny because when they did name it Cortana, so in Halo One, when the whole series started off, um, one of the first things you do when you start Halo is you get introduced to this AI who's going to help you the whole time, and you put her on like a little SD card and put her in the back of your head, so she's in your head, like she's there in your head talking to you the whole time. So I just thought it was hilarious. <laughs> oh, it's like my phone's talking to me, like she's with me, you know. That's so. funny. And uh, I guess uh, the reason that we're mentioning it here on an Azure show is that uh, Cortana is completely backed by the cloud, right? By Bing and by also a bunch of cloud services. Isn't that what makes it shine? 
Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, years ago, you, it would be very hard to put something like this together. I mean, it took the scale of what we can do with Azure and Bing and Xbox, all of these things coming together to, to be able to pull that kind of technology off. Fantastic. Yeah. I, I don't know. Personally, I, I liked, uh, some of the advances they made in Azure mobile services, uh, especially the integration with, uh, Active Directory, you know, with the Azure Active Directory. Uh, piece that allows single sign-on now to your mobile services. You go quickly. You could, you could, you know, you could spin up uh, services that can be that users can log on to your uh, on to your Active Directory on on premises, and then get access to line of business applications in in mobile services. So I thought that was pretty cool. And the fact that they were integrated, they've also showed off the integration with uh, the Xamarin uh, toolkit uh, using uh, the iOS. Uh, Extensions and uh, that connected to this these mobile services. You know, they showed the demo where they were able to build a Windows 8 app uh, connecting to these mobile services, and then you know, in just a few clicks, they created an iOS app that uh, used the Xamarin Toolkit, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, and there's a couple other things that uh, went GA today. Um, some things we talked about, I think, even on the podcast before. Uh, definitely one of them was the read-only access to the, the geo-redundant storage. Um, so we've had in our in Azure storage before, we had the ability to do the geo-replication, but we didn't have access to the the replicated set um, at whatever data center it was. And, um, you know, people were trying to kind of hack that together themselves by, you know, replicating their blob storage to other uh, areas. And then um, so we... we Came along with the opportunity to now be able to do read-only access to that that geo redundant. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, that, definitely. That was a, that was a nice thing to hear today. Um, let's see. Uh, the other thing that uh, probably went GA today is uh, the Visual Studio Online, right? That was generally available today. And uh, for those uh, of you who remember our previous episode, we talked about this. That allows you to edit your websites right within the Windows Azure. Uh, I shouldn't say Windows Azure anymore. The Microsoft Azure portal. Uh, I hope they will change that name soon. There's <laughs> still Windows Azure everywhere. Uh, so uh, I think it was code name uh, Monaco, uh, and uh, that lets you gives you like a Visual Studio sort of uh, editor right in the browser itself. Uh, you connect to your TFS online. Which is uh, also in the, um, on Visual Studio Online, which is your your own team uh, system uh, for your source control repository. You have your builds over there, and uh, the whole continuous integration where you can edit code and have it automatically built and deployed uh, into staging or production. I thought that was pretty cool. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's that's one thing I don't see enough uh, people talking about. I mean, we talk about it a lot at Microsoft, but uh, People don't realize that, you know, I've been at customers and they've asked me about the, these challenges of, like, they have these elaborate build systems um, because over the years there was no single tool to do it, right? There was there was these build servers, like Hudson's, Jenkins, and all these different open source mm-hmm, projects. Mm-hmm. And then and then there was source control and Perforce, and, you know, we even had a real old one with uh, Visual Studio that used to be included. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the shivers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and TFS and those things. But TFS took, like, 
you know, a lot of effort to set up their servers and databases and all kinds of things involved. And uh, to be able to go up here now and just like, uh, you know, I think it's still, I don't know if it's in preview, but uh, it was to the point, I think right now they've extended preview for like, as long as your team's small, like five users. So for startups, uh, I think it's free uh, free, to be able to, yeah, use those kind of things. So to do the automated build plus all the source control plus all the project management, the agile project management stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, the burn downs and the the backlogs, the the cards and all that stuff. And all the reports that go with it, you know, so you can go back and see how you're how you're how you're performing. Yeah, I mean, if people haven't checked it out, it's it's huge. I, I think that's one thing that doesn't get enough press. I mean, I think it's unbelievable. Okay, and and you know, the, the I was kind of surprised to hear about this this Azure automation uh, thing. I, I I never saw that coming. Uh, did did you did you hear much about that? Now, I think that was a uh, further. Um, you know, maturing of that uh, Azure Workflow Foundation that we had been working on, um, if I can remember right. I see, I see. And so this is essentially uh, some sort of a, uh, API over the PowerShell scripts, or how? Yeah, it basically allows you to tie these tasks up there to run books. Um, it, it, if you think about it, it's like the, and it's still in preview by the way, but it, um, it allows you to do these automation things. You can kick off, uh, these workflows that you can build up there, which can be PowerShell or whatnot. If you look, um, the other thing to look at is still in preview, and if anybody's watching the build conference, there's, there's one with Scott Hanselman on the first day that they talk about this a little bit as part of the ASP.NET, and it's the, uh, web jobs. Mm. So, so right from, real quickly, but right from Visual Studio, so if we're setting up a website per se, let's say it's an MVC website, we can go into uh, Visual Studio, create that, and then once we set it up, we can also, there's a checkbox in there now that says, go ahead and provision me an Azure website. So it'll handle all that for you. It'll go, as soon as you build the project and it scaffolds up the project, it'll go build the, uh, the Azure website up there and it'll make that connection between your project so you can deploy it very easy. But the cool, really cool thing is, once you have that there, you can right click on it and go to add and there's an option there for a web job. Mm-hmm. And the web job can literally be a command line job. You could create another project in your same solution that's a command line that does something. Let's say it scrapes the logs every day and puts them somewhere else. You could have it just a command line, build that tool that does it, and tell it that's the web job and tell it when you want it to run, and it'll do all the deployment for you. It's awesome. That's so cool. So you're not restricted just uh, using the services in Azure. You could write pretty much dream up any job. Yeah, and I think the the web jobs is more for lightweight stuff, and this Azure automation is for the heavyweight stuff, like the more complex. Yeah, because this would probably be something that could last for days, you know, a multi-step process and things like that. Sure. Excellent. And uh, let's see, I'm just kind of running through some There was so much stuff that came out. Of course, uh, just to get people caught up on announcements that were maybe a couple of days before build, uh, I believe uh, uh, AWS uh, announced uh, a round of price reductions, and uh, I think there were uh, pretty much, I think, as much as 50%, I think, on some on some items. And uh, I think uh, Microsoft uh, Azure matched uh, all of them. So there's, uh, you, you guys should see lower uh, costs for for almost all your items uh, in your uh, subscription right now. Yeah, I think that's uh, one of the big things with Azure and, and AWS and any of these cloud providers is storage is 
ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> to think about how much storage and this is like geo redundant and these types of things for for a fraction of what it would take for you to run a SAN on board on on, prem- on premises right. to do the same thing. So when you talk about stuff like Hadoop and those types of things, these big data things where you know you got petabytes or terabytes or petabytes of data. Um, the challenge is getting it there, um, and we have ways to do that now. But um, you know, it just doesn't make sense to uh, try to set that infrastructure up at the cost levels. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Absolutely, yeah. It's just just less and less reason for anyone to set up their own data center right now. Uh, well, so the, the one item I know that caught my eye, uh, it's, it's very close to you, Kale, uh, and this is the auto scale is now generally available. Uh, I know this is something that uh, was very close to you, and you actually did a talk at our uh, Tech Ready uh, thing uh, a few months ago, and glad to see that's finally now generally available. Yeah, and uh, just to remind everybody, that, that works with a, a lot of our services up there. It's websites, mobile service, cloud service, VMs, and uh, generally where you'll find this under the, the current production portal, um, not the new preview, is uh, when you go under like the scale tab, so any of your services up there, whether it's cloud service or website or whatnot, once you go into that, you click on that instance, just go into the uh, scale tab and you'll see it there and um, it gives you those options for auto scaling. Okay, excellent. And then just in the same vein, uh, the scheduler facility is also now generally available. Just give people a little background on that. That lets you create, uh, you know, time jobs that you could kick off at, 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 at some interval to do some kind of processing. Uh, and, uh, that, th- that was, uh, that was in preview before, so this is now all GA. And then the big one uh, I saw from a cost uh, reduction perspective is this introduction of a new basic tier for some of our compute instances. Uh, for example, for VMs, I actually stumbled upon this today when I was creating a new VM for uh, doing some work and on my subscription, and I noticed there was a little switch over there it's asking me if I wanted adva- the standard or the basic, and uh, didn't quite understand why, where that came from. I think uh, w- w- we heard something from our internal folks. What was the explanation, uh, Cal? Basically, my understanding is um, we have this basic tier now for compute instances, and uh, basically it's like um, it's a different type of CPU and memory config um, that's a little lower than the standard tier stuff, but it does have some um, you know caveats if you want. Uh, that would say like it doesn't provide load balancing or the auto scaling features, so it's kind of a if you think of it like a stripped down version. Mm-hmm. But what it's great for is. Um, if you wanted to create like uh, dev VMs or something mm-hmm. of that nature up there, where you know your code's checked into TFS or or any other source control, but you don't have a lot of stuff local there, you're just strictly using it for some compute or something of that nature. Uh, works great for that. I wouldn't recommend putting production there per se. It's more of like a test dev, test and dev kind of thing. Yeah, that's what that's how I thought it was good for. Great. So more more more. Uh, things for uh, customers to look at. And then generally some of the uh, announcements around our IaaS uh, um, feature set, which is our VMs. Uh, let's see. I think uh, the, the, the Puppet and Chef support, uh, these are these are popular deployment tools or management tools. Is that what it is? Yeah, so we had heard some stuff about this a little before internally, and uh, now the stuff's starting to come out, so it's great, but we can talk about it. Um, but, yeah, so... 
essentially when, what we can use with these tools is to be able to do templating for our VMs. Um, that's one of the big things. That's what when you read about Chef or Puppet, they they work with these things, and it's um it's like a format kind of like JSON, um, where you can basically script out how you want your VMs to run and 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 use that to provision your VMs up there. So, excellent. Uh, there's a lot more to it than that, but that's uh, that's a high level. Okay, and then on the websites, uh, I suppose uh, the, the key things we already mentioned about the auto scale and web jobs. Graphic manager we've mentioned before in a previous uh, podcast, I think. Uh, the Java support, that was new to me. Uh, I, unfortunately, I don't know much about it. Do you know anything about the Java support for websites? Can we, can we actually uh, like host Java code in the websites now? Uh, I don't know a lot about that yet, Sajid. I think there's a session on it this week. Like, build's not over yet, so uh, at this okay. point, we're recording. So I think we'll have more to talk about that next time, but... Okay, good. Yeah, as matter that's a good reminder also to offer to listeners. If uh, the build, the recordings from all the sessions in build will be available to the public, I think after 48 hours of uh, of them being held. So, uh, pretty much by the weekend or uh, early next week, you'll be seeing all these sessions available for on-demand uh, viewing. Uh, certainly encourage you to look at all of them, especially the Azure-related tracks. Uh, good. Uh, anything? Uh, what else uh, you think caught your eye uh, from uh, from today today's uh, announcements? Yeah. I think I think in general um, we've had you know, and you mentioned some stuff that happened even before build. Uh, I don't know if you guys I wasn't on the podcast last week, but talking about uh, you know the iPad and the Office a suite that we were, had released on that. Um, so th- that stuff's just continuing in the in the. You know the common theme that you're going to see here with Microsoft is is cloud first and mobile first, and and uh, that's definitely the motivation we're going for. So we saw a lot of things about, and everybody's seeing now the Windows Phone evolving to be able to use these cloud services in different ways. Um, even Windows itself is is evolving to uh, take advantage of these things more, and definitely Visual Studio. You see a lot more hooks coming in. So. If people aren't seeing it, there's definitely a big focus around the cloud and uh, having all these things work seamlessly with it and, and interact with it. That's yep. That's that's great. That's that's a good way to look at it. Uh, the uh, there were some uh, uh, announcements about um, uh, about some of the stats. I think it was like a little uh, list of stats, Azure stats. Some interesting ones. Uh, Two hundred and fifty. Thousand active websites, uh, one million Azure SQL DBs, twenty trillion storage <laughs> objects. <laughs> I don't know how, how do they how do they store all these objects and not get them mixed up. Uh, Three hundred million eighty users. I mean, it's unbelievable. One million developers in Visual Studio Online. That's uh, that's incredible stuff over there. And 57% of the Fortune 500 companies are now using Azure. Yeah, I think, that, I think one of the things, too, and this also was in uh, Hanselman's talk today, was, um, or yesterday, rather, uh, was the ability to remotely debug 
you know, your application on Azure. Mm. If you've not seen this, it's uh, it's pretty crazy because I've been through that. And Sajid, I'm sure you've been through yeah. that as well. Yeah. When you set up remote debugging, there's a client you have to install. You have to make sure ports are open. There's a whole configuration that goes around with it. Uh, it works, and it, it works pretty well, but... This is amazing. So when you provision your your let's say it's a website again, an MVC website to say, you set your breakpoint, and in our server explorer in Visual Studio, you can literally go in there and tell it you're going to do a debug session. It will go deploy that remote debugger up in Azure and only let you have access to it. And it does this in like ten seconds. It's, wow! It blows me away. Like, and you're debugging live. Literally, it could be your production site. You could hook a debugger up to. That's that's amazing, uh, and uh, oh, I I I, I definitely want to mention that this new open source uh, um, initiative that Microsoft has taken on, where a lot of the technologies and and and, and code and APIs and uh, toolkits that they have built are now uh, put up, put in the open source uh, community. Uh, there is a, a new uh, there's a new website. I think it's called the .NET Foundation. I think. That uh, has all the um, all the Azure SDKs are up there, uh, and they also is the, our partner Xamarin, uh, which who builds the a lot of the .NET stuff on uh, on um, other platforms like uh, Linux and uh, iOS, etc., and on Android. Uh, they have put all of their SDKs as well on the in the open in that open source uh, uh, website. So uh, we'll put a link to that in the show notes, but. Uh, I think that's uh, that's really telling about where we're going with this whole um, initiative uh, in trying to um, offer full transparency of all the stuff that we're building. Yeah, I think the other one that was announced was uh, WinJS. Yeah. Um, so WinJS is is uh, they're going through the early stages, uh, is what I heard of, of making that open source. So being able to use WinJS not just in modern apps on Windows 8, but also in websites and and beyond. Yep, yep, and that's in the same that's in that same website as well, which we'll put in the show notes. It's all in the, under the uh, Apache 2.0 uh, license agreement. Whew. Well, I think we've covered quite quite a bit today. Uh, well, uh, I know there's still a few more updates and tidbits we want to cover. We'll save them for uh, uh, the next episode. Uh, we'll get some of the other guys, uh, Bill and Evan, as well, on get their thoughts on uh, build. Uh, but uh, I think uh, this is quite uh, quite the, the list already, so we'll uh, we'll call it uh, a day for today's podcast. Uh, Kel, uh, thanks uh, for all the insights, and uh, I will look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to the show. If you have any comments or questions, please use our Twitter handle at Azure Podcasts. Background music has been taken from ccmixer.org under the Creative Commons license. Thank you, and see you next time.